What if I told you that being in the right place at the right time was not a circumstance of luck? What if I told you it's a skill that you could learn and leverage to achieve your goals and dreams? This is the Right Place Right Now podcast with Travis Fields and Brandon Johnson. Welcome back, everyone. I am excited about this week's show. Recently, it feels like we only get to hear stories of people that have already made it and are already successful. Though those conversations are fun and we get to learn a lot from them, sometimes I can't personally relate because I'm not there myself. I want to hear from someone who hasn't made it yet, but is working the grind and finding themselves along the way. That's what this week's episode is. Travis Rooker is an everyday family man from the Midwest. He works a job, has a lovely wife and child, loves his dog, pretty much just like the rest of us. And also like the rest of us, Travis wants to do something that he's passionate about. So in his spare time, he's building an art business. Travis graduated with an art degree from Elmhurst College where he discovered a love for oil paintings. He has been featured in art galleries, hospitals, and businesses across the country. His most famous piece, titled Love Wins, is a piece that he did for a competition that won and got him featured on a billboard in downtown Manhattan. That's awesome. During COVID, Travis fell into a slump and he came to the conclusion that he was burnt out on painting with oils. He wanted to do something new and something that moved people emotionally. So Travis started doing mixed media artwork where he uses uncommon materials to create new images. Once a week during his Fun Friday show, you can find Travis on an Instagram channel where he explores new creative ideas and mediums. It was great to hear from someone who's working the process, growing as an individual, and finding success along the way. Enjoy our episode with Travis Rukert. Travis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. We appreciate your time, sir. How are you? Great. How are you? We're doing well. We uh, had some troubles trying to connect. You know, there were families getting ill and such, but you were talking a little bit off. Everybody's feeling better. Everybody's doing well. Yes. Thank you for asking. Yeah, we're doing good. Good. So I actually was introduced to you by a friend of mine who discovered the work that you do at a local event. I'm not even exactly sure what it was, but you're an artist. Is that correct? Yeah. Chili, right? It was chilly, yeah. yeah. Chili's been chili. on here. <laughs> chili was a, a guest previously. Yeah, he saw. I had a a show in downtown Longmont on Main Street, and Chili stopped by and saw it, and he suggested I do the show. So, so what is what kind of show was this? Uh, it was a show, a solo show for a couple months downtown Longmont. It was displaying both oil paintings of mine and mixed media artwork. What is mixed media artwork? I'm going to ask a lot of really dumb questions, so bear with me, please. That's fine. So at the time of the show, I was displaying a bunch of pieces of artwork that had random materials on. Like a, a good example was I, I made a, a Jack Nicholson portrait on corkboard, white background, but I made it, it was one floor of the cuckoo's nest and it was composed entirely of gel capsules. And I called it dope. Yeah, doped. And that's what it was. That was an example. I made a, I made a Marilyn Monroe out of push pins for the pinup girl. It was all over the place. It was, it was, if I thought of a, of an idea or a character, I would run with whatever material I thought I should compose that portrait or that idea from. 
the ones that were up on Main Street were ones that I, I thought I could market and I could sell. But some that I, I just did, one in my uh, garage floor made up of dead leaves, and it was a Jack White portrait for the White Stripes. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't sell that, but I can make it, but I can't sell it. I made a John Snow out of snow. Another one. Yeah, I, I saw the peanuts out of peanuts. I thought that was clever. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I started that idea, uh, I don't know, middle of last year, and I just ran with it. Yeah, was that a, from what I understand, talking to Chile and kind of why it connects me to you is that you had a transition there, right? And your artwork, and this was kind of a new evolution of who you are and how you do art. Was COVID impacted by that? Or you just said you just recently started this. How did you get into it? Yeah, yeah, it definitely affected it. Uh, it was two parts to that. One part was I was feeling a lull as an artist. I was having a hard time just going out and painting during the middle of COVID. Uh, last year like acrylics and oil paintings didn't seem to interest me that much so that was one part of it but then the second part of it was um i was seeing a lot of people were going through a hard time and they weren't really being they wouldn't be affected by a painting they'd be like oh that's a great painting that's nice and everything and move on then i want to do something different to help them like to in a way you know, show them something different, be creative, and just be like, put a smile on somebody's face, or be like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know, for even just a little brief amount of time on social media. And that's what I did. That's so cool. These things are awesome. I'm kind of strumming through your Instagram while we're talking about this, and it's it's pretty amazing. So how did you even find out that you had this skill? Because I feel like it's, and I don't know nothing about art, so tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like it's very different than putting a paintbrush on a canvas, saying, you know what, I'm going to make a push pin pinup girl and it comes out looking like that. <laughs> yes, it is quite a bit different, <laughs> but it was, it was also like, it was forcing me to think different creatively. It was like an exercise in that. And it was great. Like I, I had to step outside of what I was used to, what I became accustomed to for the past X amount of years. I had to try something different, but, but the first few ones, uh, I think the first one I did of this was I painted a portrait on, on like flower petals. And that was like the first one I did. And then it started growing from there. People became more interested slowly. And they were just like, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty creative. That's pretty cool. And then, and then I just started just expanding that and being like, okay, what can I do next? What can I do next? And uh, <laughs> I have to laugh. It's, it's not that funny in my household, but I have to laugh because there's been like uh, writer's block, like creative problems I've had where I've been awake it's middle of the night where I've been like, I don't know what I'm going to come up with this week, but I do it every Friday. It's called Friday fun. I'm up to number like 88 or something now. So I've been doing it for like a year and a half. 88 straight weeks. You've done this on a Friday. Something like that. Yeah. I think I'm up to 88. I try to do something different than what I'm usually accustomed to doing, which I was a oil painter, like 2d oil painting and acrylic painting and pencils. So something different from that. You just admitted something that I find fascinating for somebody who is a creative, literally by trade. Writer's block is real. I feel creativity block is real. How do you approach? What is your approach to creativity? And whenever you are blocked, do you have some things that you do specifically to help you get back in that frame of mind? Yeah. Uh, recently, <clears throat> recently, I've, I figured out that I, I just started running. I'm not a runner. <laughs> I don't like running, <laughs> but I started exercising. I just started running. And uh, that's been my best time when I've thought it over and just 
I even talk to myself when I'm running. I probably look like a weirdo, but I just do it. And I'll just be like, ah, man, I, if I do this, then I can do this. Or how do I figure out this? Oh, I can do this. And, you know, I might even make some hand gestures while I'm running. But that's helped a lot. That's fascinating. So just the idea of exercise, is it because it's getting at, like, what is it about running that allows you to get out of your way and be creative? Uh, I get away from it. That's a big part of it. But so I, I will be like, I will almost be obsessive about it. Like if I have a problem with it, I'll just be staring at it. I'll be clicking on links on the computer or something. I'll just be like talking over with myself. And then I'm like, I, I just, I gotta go. I gotta get, I gotta get away from this. Have you historically had to change your creative landscape? Have you done like oil paintings for the last 20 years and, and you just recently decided to switch it up? Is this the first time you've really changed uh, mediums or has, has, is this a pattern? No, I, I would say this is the first big change that I've had. And I would say it was affected by COVID. And I did have to do something different. And it, it, like I said, it was it was not only just for me. It was for, I, I thought it was a nice way to do something nice for other people too. Is art your full-time gig? Is this what you do for a living? No, it's it's transitioning to become that though. And I, I only became more serious about that uh, since I moved out to Colorado. I, was, I lived in Illinois for the first X amount of years of my life. And then... 2014, I think I moved to Colorado and that's when art became more serious to me. And I've been kind of slowly transitioning towards that being a full-time gig since. So what does that life look like then? If you're, I mean, other than your Friday fun that you do and you put out once a week, you're still putting out, like you're putting art in galleries and you're trying to sell it. What does that hustle look like from somebody who's completely ignorant to this? Are you literally just, Hey, can I hang this up in your store? I have, I have paintings hanging up at uh, Longmont United Hospital right now. And that came about because the lady, Joanne, thanks, Joanne, uh, she went into the, the hanging on Main Street and she saw my artwork and she reached out to me from there and said, hey, I saw your artwork hanging up here. I think it's great. Can you hang it up in the hospital? And now that's where it's currently hanging. So, Okay. So, I mean, what is the, yeah, I guess I'm just trying to get a little more insight. Like, I don't understand the business of art. It seems like a very foreign concept to me. You have some amazing stuff on this Instagram. I thought for sure people would just be throwing money at you, being like, hey, can I get that? I had to hold off on a few of them when they were down Main Street just to tell them that I, I made a, pr a previous commitment to put them in the hospital. So I have seven paintings in the hospital right now that are all, all, are all for sale. And then I do commissions all the time. I welcome commissions. People reach out to me and I do those. I sell prints. Is that commission? That's when somebody requests something specific and they hire you to do it, right? Yeah, custom. So I'm scrolling through your feed here again, and a couple of things jump out. Obviously, the cool use of other materials, but also you do a lot of portraits. I mean, where does that come from? Why is that your forte, if you will? Uh, some of them are commissions, I'm sure. I, I mostly like to do the, the still lifes. If you're looking at the still life paintings on there and the reflections. Oh, yeah. Get into some of your older stuff. Yeah. Like the tea set, wine paintings and stuff. Yeah. So what is where does that come from? Is that take us back into your background of painting, I guess. Like, how do you find your your thing and how does that come about? If it's your what did you call this life? What was this type called with the reflections? Still life. Still life. Like, how did you find that to be the thing that you enjoyed and do a lot of? Uh I don't know. Just my eye caught it and I was attracted to the, the visuals that I was getting off it. And I, 
the still lifes that I do, I set up those still lifes and I paint off them. I, I set up where I, I see the light the way I want it. I see the reflection in the T set the way I want it. And then I paint from that. How did you get into this? Have you always been artistic or like was your were your parents artistic? Yeah, my mom was an artist and an art teacher. So I grew up with that in the household. You said your mom was a teacher. Do you have, I mean, you're doing these Friday funds and it looks like people are kind of watching them. I don't know if they're picking up habits or anything, but do you have any sort of teachable moments on the stuff that you do? Or is it really just watching you put this cool stuff together? Being like an art teacher is like, I'm not interested in doing that. But uh, as far as the Friday funds go, I, I think one of the things that I would love to teach people and inspire people to do is like you, you can, you can create something beautiful with something ugly. And it's, it's like a, you know, it's a metaphor, but it's also literal in some of these cases, like the, the portrait I referred to before Jack white out of dead leaves. Like, I, I just think that you can go by so many things and just glance at them. But if you really take a look, sometimes you can be like, Oh man, that's so cool. Or I could do something with that. Like that's kind of what I'm trying to get at with some of these Friday funds, maybe not all of them, but, some of it was like, you can make something beautiful out of something ugly. Yeah, that's a really cool concept. So uh, as long as you've been doing these, 88 of them, you said, right? What are some of your favorites? Ooh, well, the Nicholson out of pills was up there. I did a Kurt Cobain out of bleach. That was super tough. I painted bleach on a black shirt. You scroll down on my feed, you'll probably see it. But that was tough because... Part of it's diluted and part of it's full strength. And then you get, that's how you get the different gradations. And you got to kind of wait to see if it checks out. So I was like waiting overnight to see if one part was really light and one part was less light. Does that make any sense to you guys or no? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I spilled bleach on stuff before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> made plenty of unexpected tie-dyes. <laughs> yeah. So that one, was, that one was super tough. So how do you, that's such a crazy idea. So you're not even back to this conversation with your wife you're having with your creative block it's not even about the idea of who it's what am i going to connect this with and how am i going to deliver this so what kind of prep goes into that or i mean were you just walking around the house like i got bleach in a t-shirt let's just i don't know throw this together and see what happens no no there's there's been a few that have been like relevant at the time like uh i, I did one i did a spray paint one like a it was kind of like a banksy but uh my my daughter was putting band-aids on a globe and i was saying heal the world but that was during the middle of that was like june of 2020 so at the time it was it was relevant to the world because it was like we're going through a lot of stuff right now heavy stuff so that's why i did that one and i and i had that idea and i'm like i need to make this work because i think it'll help some people or some people can uh relate to it rather but yeah so it's, it's both it's sometimes i have this on hand and then sometimes it's well, this is going around the world. So I think this would be a nice thing to do for Friday. Fall. Is that a key to being a good artist is having something behind it. that's pushing it. It's kind of bigger than yourself. Like you have this message and you keep coming back to wanting this to bring some warmth back into the world. Is that always been there? Or is that just recent? Cause I feel like it might be hard to do that whenever you're doing reflections off of a glass of wine, maybe. Uh, I would, I would say it's, it's happened more since I moved to Colorado, which is kind of weird. I don't know what brought it out of me when I moved away from where I was born and raised, but I, I did need a, a change of location for, for some of this artistic attitude to come out. And uh, my, 
my most famous piece of artwork is my Love Wins painting. I don't know if you saw that. The the two hands with Love Wins on it. Oh yeah, I did see that one. But I I did that in 2018. But that was my my wife and I's hands. That's my well, most well-known artwork. That was the one that went into New York City. Where did it get uh displayed at New York City? Um well, I should say thank you to Save Art Space in Deer in the un, in Untitled Space for that. But uh, the Untitled Space was in Tribeca, New York, and the billboard that it went upon was in Manhattan, New York. Oh, really? Yeah. So that that was uh, that was just last year, like September, October last year. How'd that come about? Uh, Save Art Space, a great organization, nonprofit organization, runs these these contests all the time. Uh, they have a certain theme when they run these contests and they put them all over the United States and they do stuff like that. Like you, you'll get in a gallery and you'll get in a, on a billboard if you come up with an artwork that's relatable to this theme. And there's a curator typically from the gallery and they judge it and they decide if it's worthy of going and winning this contest. And like me and, I don't know, me and 10 other people got selected to do this for the billboards. It's it's really cool. So for people that can't see it because this will only be audio, uh, it's the colors of the rainbow plus a couple black ones, and it's just on the knuckles across. It says "Love Wins." You said this is your you and your wife's hands, correct? Correct. Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to en encompass all ideas of love. So that's a. The, it's actually a transgender flag, and then a male and a female hand. So love wins. Like ideas of love wins. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. See, now we're getting into the the art part of this. I think that's fascinating that because I see this and like it's a great message, but there's there are details that can be missed, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the and the hands are also like on equal plane, like signifying that equal love, equality, and love. So all of that went into the preparation for that. Like there's a lot of thought in the the meaning of this and how you want this to come across. I mean. Never would have thought that the equal level of the hands demonstrates something. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. How, how do you think through those details before you start a painting? Like, do, do you always have an idea of the message that you want an art piece to convey before you do it? Uh, yeah, it depends on the piece because some pieces are just pretty to look at, but some pieces do have a message. And if they do have a message, then yeah, I try to think those details over before I start. Sure. What is the precipice of an idea? Is it a message or, or you said sometimes it's not a message. So how does that flash of lightning come in? Something pretty. You're just like of an image in your head. I got to put this on paper. Well, the, the love wins idea actually has a heavier background to it. And that was like the idea for that started around uh, election time, 2016. And, and the idea came about because people were just being, just terrible to each other. <laughs> like, I mean, it was just, it was, it was a bad time with the, with the, you know, obviously the presidential campaign going on. It was, it, it was all over social media. People were just not being nice. And I want to do something nice. I want to do something positive to break up your negative feed when you're scrolling through your social media. That's what I was intending to do when I made that. Piece. So that's how that message came about. Sounds like that message hit home with that one. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a it was a winner. I'm very proud of that. So tell me a little bit like what goes into an oil painting. I don't know anything about it. Um they're they're gorgeous. They look like they've got a bunch of 
depth and colors and textures and things you can do with it. So at what age did you start oil painting and discover that that was kind of like your bread and butter? That was after college. I was just doing acrylics up until that point. And I, I started doing uh, oil paintings. It got more, uh, how you described it is pretty, pretty accurate. It was, it was more, uh, the colors more saturated. They were, they were more lifelike to me before I thought I was kind of flat with acrylics, but that's all I've been doing up until that point in time. Oil is tougher to work with also because it's not water-based. Yeah. The drying times, the drying time can be a pain in the butt sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. How so? What is it? What do you mean by that? You, you have to let them cure before you apply the next layer, which could take several, you know, several days to a week sometimes, or else sometimes you they'll, they'll crack if they, cure too fast or if you apply a paint on top of it it'll just smear it around it's quite a bit different than acrylics acrylics dry in like hours where you can apply another oh really so you're painting this it's a lot longer drawn out of a process than whenever you start painting with an oil prop yeah and i and i let people know that for commissions like i let them know that ahead of time like you you can do it acrylics i can get it to you faster and it'll be a little cheaper or you can do oils which i think looks better but it'll be a little longer a little more expensive what's the longevity let's say like is an oil-based painting is it it's a better commission painting correct is that a fair assessment i mean both both of them are gonna be fine in our lifetimes the older ones you see in like the museums and stuff those are oils yeah absolutely yeah yeah hundreds of years old and stuff so acrylics is more of a new idea so how do you this is fascinating to me because i can't keep my attention on something for 15 minutes to finish it. And you're taking oil painting over several, several days. Like what's a, what's a realistic time frame for you to finish a decent oil painting? Uh, 30 hours. Over how many days though? That's, that's the tricky part. Uh, several, several days, like weeks. Cause I, I have to let a layer dry. So it just, it, it's drawn out. It's a drawn out process. Right. That's what I'm saying. So if you're putting several colors and several layers on that, and this thing turns out to be a month long, 30 hours spread over a month, how do you stay focused enough on this? Because these things have such great detail into them. Like you're really getting down to the minutia. Yeah. Well, uh, I usually have a, a few works going on at once that helps, but I, but, uh, the Friday fun has been helping a lot too. That's where been where I've been like, uh, I need to get away from painting for a second. I got, a, I got a dog painting over here and a portrait over here. Like, I need to do something else. And that's where I just start, you know, gluing gel capsules on a canvas board, and I just run with it. So where do you see this uh, this new form of art going in the future? Do you How far ahead have you thought? That's a great question. Uh, I haven't really. It's kind of experimental. I think I have, I have an idea of where I'd like it to go. I want all the pieces, even if there's different mediums on them, to look like they came from the same artist. So I have an idea as to how to do that, but the rest of it's just kind of, I'm, I'm just winging it right now. Where, where do you hope it goes? Like, what's the big, what's the big dream with this newfound passion of using just crazy stuff for art? Where, what would be the ideal? Uh, well, when I started it, I didn't have any expectations for it. I, I just wanted to make something fun for people. And like, there, there's several of them that I've just, I've vacuumed up. I've swept up. They were just temporary. Like I, I just, I even just dumped them off a board and it was over with like, I made a uh, pebbles from, from Flintstones out of fruity pebbles and some other cereal. Yeah. And, but then I just, you know, I cleaned it up when it was done. That was the, the, the end of it. But 
now that I've started to make them more permanent, like people can hang them on their walls, I would love to see them in galleries. That'd be great. I feel like there's a really brandable theme with that idea. Like the, the peanuts characters out of peanuts and pebbles out of fruity pebbles. And I, like you could, there are a lot of opportunities to make some cool stuff. Dude. Yeah. You're not, yeah. You're not lying. It, it, these ideas just run through my head constantly, but I also, clean, I had to clean up the peanuts one too. So that one's no longer oh, well, a thing. At least we got a picture yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Halloween. It looks like you're a little bit into it. What does that do for your creativity? This, first of all, the violet pumpkin turning violet and turn the blueberry from Willy Wonka is awesome. <laughs> it's such a cool pumpkin idea, but it, it looks like you really have some clever ideas that come into Halloween. Tell us about that. Well, there's a couple reasons for the Halloween. Um, I have a, I have a three-year-old daughter now and last year she didn't really have a Halloween because of all the stuff that was going on. We kind of just stayed home and, you know, shut our doors and that was it. I mean, she got dressed up as Belle, Beauty and the Beast, but that was about it. Um, so me and my wife are going overboard on Halloween this year. So we got our house decorated to the nines with Halloween stuff. And, and I decided to just go overboard with my Halloween spirit and do a Friday fun for every Friday of October. Halloween themed. There's five weeks that I got. Yeah, I got the... Uh, I did the Psycho. I did the Violet, which you mentioned. I did the, did you see the Misery one last week? Yep. Awesome. Yeah. The portrait. Oh, it, it. Yeah. Pennywise. Like the creepy clown head. And then I got my last one tomorrow. But that was part of it. Yeah. We've, we, we've gone completely the opposite direction because we weren't that big of a Halloween fans before that. But now we got a little kid who's getting excited about holidays and understanding what's going on. So. So, so talking to us about a little kid, what are your thoughts about this art world? Are you hoping, planning on creating an artist to follow in your steps or what does that look like for you as a father who does art? No, I'm not too worried about that. I, I, I just, it makes me think of some of the things that I create more though. Like I want her to, I want her to be proud of what I do and what I create and to be able to show it off to people. So I, I do tread lightly with some of the subjects I, I delve into. I, I have her in mind for some of those things. Uh, what, what do you hope she takes from your art career? If, if it's not art per se, what do you hope she learns from you? Uh, to follow her passions, to do what she wants to do in life. That's the biggest thing. I mean, I've been, I'm, I'm 38 now and I've taken all this time to finally get to where I am right now, where I'm like really excited about just doing art. I'm getting closer and closer. I'm not quite there, there yet, but I do want to have a physical location in town eventually, which I think will happen sooner than later. But yeah, just, just to keep whatever she wants to do, whatever she gravitates towards, I want her to do that. And for her to learn that your dad did it, you can do it too. Yeah. I think that's the message. I've, I, I do that as I, I think my art form is entrepreneurship. And so my kids have grown up watching me run a business and I, I hope they take the same thing. It's just, it, it's a difficult thing to teach to a, a, a kid, but I think the best way is to do it by example. So I, it looks like you're doing it. What is the, you said in the near future, a physical location, are you, is that something you're actively working on right now? Yeah. Uh, me and my cousin who also lives in town, he's a creative. Um, we're trying to get that going, the physical establishment, because there's, 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 there's other things aside from my artwork that we want to have in there, we want to have like a gallery and a shop and 
classes and stuff. We want to get that going. I mean, finances come into it. That's part of it. Right. But there, there's a bigger picture for this than just painting and hanging up paintings in hospitals and trying to sell a few though. Like you're trying to put together a whole, a whole place where people can come and paint and do workshops and classes. And so where does that come from? Since I came to Colorado, I've noticed there's been such a, a emphasis on arts and it's been so great for me and it's, and it's allowed me to thrive, but there's a lot of artists out here who don't have places to go to, to like create and display and sell their art. And, and I want to help them out somewhat on the front range. If I can, that's my, that's my goal. I want a community of artists coming together and making it happen together. That's so cool. You mentioned that a handful of times, like, did you, like was the move to Colorado for your artistic self or was that just a really cool consequence of moving out there? Because you mentioned a couple of times how it's impacted you as an artist. Well, when I moved out here, I, I had a, I had a job lined up so that helped move out here, but I definitely thought it was going to help me in that regard because it was different than the place I was living in at the time. And it was getting kind of uh, stale, I guess, for that part of me. And I needed a change. I understand not everybody has that opportunity, but I, but if you have it, you should take it. If you, if you feel like that will help you progress and grow, I think you should take it. Absolutely. I think there's a gem there though. This is what we teach on this podcast is you don't just have an opportunity. You create that opportunity by moving to Colorado. Like you, you took an action to create an opportunity. Now the, the, uh, you know, the art stuff is a, a great bonus to that, but you you needed a change and you took action and made a change. I think that's, that's really what the important part that I'm hearing is, is, is you knew you needed something different. I'm not going anywhere here. I'm going to, I'm going to just do something and that something for you is moving. And then you move here and, and you know, you, now you're, you're really doing well with your art. I, I think you're absolutely right. I, th- I think the first step is to recognize that. And to recognize I need to change. I need to change. I need something needs to happen. So that was step number one for me. Yeah, absolutely. What was it that made you recognize that that you even needed to make a change in the first place? Because I think you're right. The first the first step is just saying, like, hey, this something's not right. I need to change something. So what was it in your case that that made you say, you know what, I gotta I gotta do something different? <laughs> I had I had a talk, um, I had a talk with my wife, and it was usually around the end of the year. It was like a Christmas time thing. And I was like, I told myself this was going to happen by this time, you know, next year, last year. And it didn't. And I, and I, I don't see anything changing. I, I see it being the same thing next Christmas and the Christmas after. And it was usually an end of the year thing for me personally. I don't know why, but I was like, something needs to happen. And actually there was... <laughs> There was a physical thing that happened in, in Illinois that really made me change course was uh, the, the polar vortex around that time where it was like 30 below for like a week. <laughs> hey, I just, I just moved to that part of the country and I'm terrified of it. <laughs> that was the extra kick that I said, nope, I'm out of here. I'm going to Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it though. You come up at the end of the year and you say, you know what, if I don't change something next year is going to be the exact same as this year. If I don't change something, I'm going to just live another last year again. Yep. Exactly right. Yeah. Good for you for taking that plunge and making it happen. And then, so you have this other art piece to it, right? And you're obviously getting more and more committed to that. You're actively working towards moving that along. 
how are you balancing that right now? Because you have a goal that you want to work towards. You said you're still working this other job. You have a kid who's been sick. There seems like a lot of moving pieces here. What keeps you able to push your art forward and building towards that goal? Uh, great support system. That helps a lot. It's not just with my wife. It's with my extended family. Like That really helps. Because there's times where you you might need to take a break. You might need to get away. And I have that. I have that ability to do it. So I take advantage of it. I'll just tell my wife on the weekend even. I'll, and I have a studio in my backyard, so that's very nice. But I'll just tell her I have to go out in the studio for a few hours. And she'll just be totally fine with it. So that helps. Even though, you know, I know we've had to both, like, watch our daughter during the week together. And it's been hard on both of us at certain points. And maybe weekend time is family time. But she'll understand if I say, I got to I gotta go out in the studio and create something. So to have that support system has been a huge help for me. That's actually another theme we've heard a lot on this podcast is have a good support system. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I have a, that was a change too when I moved to Colorado. I have, I have more people out here who know me as Travis the artist. So I have my friends come up to me and one of the first thing you say is, oh man, how's the art going? Oh man, I saw that piece you did. Oh man, it's so great. Keep going. And, and, you know, that's, that's huge. And I have family out here that they moved out here in 1985. So like uh, uncle and cousin and stuff, but they also pushed me to keep doing it, keep going, keep exploring, keep being creative, keep doing what you do. You're born to do this, all that stuff. So. Yeah, obviously family is not intentionally chosen. The friends group though, was, is that an intentionally curated group of people that you know is going to be supportive or how did you come across this support system uh that isn't your family to be able to keep you going like that absolutely i yes they're the they're the chosen family absolutely these guys have been so great so supportive telling pushing me all the time telling me i gotta do it laughing at me when i said <laughs> somebody laughed at me when i said i had a day job <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you not doing? I'm like, well, I need to make money right now. But they're like, why are you not doing art full time? Yeah, was the support system done for yourself and your identity? Because you said they recognize you as Travis the artist, and now they're like, oh, you have a day job. Uh, I don't know. You, you just it's it's weird when you go through so many years and you don't have it, and then finally when you have an introduction to it, where people want to hear about it and they keep pushing you about it. It's, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it, it's like a relief. It's, it's just like I go and I hang out with them. And sometimes they tell me like, you're like, I wish you would talk to me more about art. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I'm just a, I'm just your friend. They're like, no, no. It's like, this is, this is what you're born to do. You need to keep doing this. Like, it's just like, ah, oh, that's just, that's so nice to hear somebody say that. Especially when you don't feel like they have to say because it's not your mom. <laughs> like my mom, my mom has to say. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about that on here too. Is is one of the hardest things to do is to take the right steps. Is is just admitting that you have value. Like I have a valuable thing to add to the mix. That's a hard step for a lot of people. So having that support system there to externally validate that it's super important. Is that something that's hard for you to? Uh, to keep up on your own, just having that, the self-confidence and the, the will to keep going. Yeah. And, and that's a really great point you just brought up. Cause I, I thought that was part of why I transitioned from paintings last year. Cause I thought that the paintings were losing value. Not in like a, 
a monetary sense, but like just a value to people. Like, like, you know, I'm struggling to keep my job right now. I don't care about your paintings. <laughs> like they're like, it was losing a value to the person. And it was also losing a value to me because I didn't, I was not as interested in it. So that's part of what made me try these other mediums. Sure. No, I see a pattern with you that you, you are seem to be good at recognizing these, like, okay, there's not value here anymore. I got to move on and do something else. You did it with the move and you're doing it with this, this new art form. And you've said you want, like, my goal is to create value for people. My goal is to bring joy to people. So now you've, you, you know, you've done oils and acrylics and now you're doing this new art form. Is that kind of the question you ask is like, where's the value? How do I, how do I provide value? Is that kind of how you base what's next on? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, there's a part of it that's just the values in people's happiness. That's that's part of it. That's a big part of it. Like, I just want people to, to enjoy what I do. I think that's, it. Th there, there is a time for, for making something that I can sell. But then there's also a time for making something that can just make somebody happy. And I do that sometimes. I do posts. I do posts for, a, I did a post for a sick friend who was just in a bad way. And I just did one just to make him happy. You know, and I did one for a guy who who lost a relative, and I just did it to make him happy. So I just think that there's a there's a value in that. It's, you know, I'm not going to make any money, but there's no absolutely. And I I mean, you hear a lot that 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 is the value, and the money can be the result of it, but really, the money's not the value. What what you're doing and what you're the impact you're making is really the value. Yeah, I had a I had a to slightly touch on that. I I had a I met a lady one time who told me that, and I'll, I'll always remember this. She she told me you're you're lucky that you found out what you're meant to do in this life because not a lot of people have that. And I, that really touched me. And I'm like, I think I need to share that with people. If that's the case, I think there's a value in that. Oh, absolutely. I that's inspiring in and of itself. Like, hey, I know what value I bring, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that value out to people. Have you always known? about your value or is that what was that discovery look like because whenever you're just picking up acrylics for the first time you're not really thinking about that but when did you really discover for yourself you had something to offer that could lighten somebody up yeah no no definitely not all <laughs> definitely not forever uh that's a great question i mean i think the i think the love wins piece the reaction it got or i saw so many people so I hung it up at a bar here in town in Longmont at um, Wibby Brewing in Longmont for a bit of time. It was during Pride Month. But I hung it up there and and strangers were coming up to me smiling and just being like, oh, man, thank you so much for creating that. And I was just like, whoa, really? <laughs> like, I just I just thought it was an awesome pain. And like people, but just when people would come up to me and tell me that and they didn't have to. Again, it's not my mom. They don't, they don't have to do that. But when they're smiling from across the room, like, oh, who's the artist? Artist is here? Oh, my God. And they just, like, you know, trek across the room and say hi to you and say thank you for doing that and creating that. I mean, that's that might have been the moment right there. I don't know. Yeah, that's got to feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like I just, I, I just came – I just did what came naturally to me. How can more people do that? Uh, I think by just sharing their gifts, whatever gift they have. Do what you do. How can more people do that? <laughs> people yeah. find that. <laughs> the painting part or just in general? The gift part. How do you discover that gift? How do you 
because you said like just offer your gifts, but I feel like that's easier said than done sometimes. I think a lot of times it's what, what brings you joy, it makes you happy when you're doing it. Because I, I think when, when you're doing that and people can see that you're having joy doing it, it brings them joy too. Even if they see it in the aftermath, like it's a, a movie or a play or a piece of artwork or something. But a lot of times, yeah, I mean, we, we watch sports and we just see people who are really good at sports, but they love playing it. I mean, it brings us joy. Unless you're a Chicago fan, then it brings you a lot of pain. <laughs> My wife's a Chicago fan. It brings me a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man. Yeah, well, I'm a Broncos fan. It's painful too. There you go. So how do you, I mean, your painting, I assume, is the thing that gives you energy. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, I jokingly told my wife it's my yoga. Like it's my, it's my stress relief. It's my life giving force, whatever you want to call it. it. I sometimes just, you, you touched on it earlier. I sometimes just have to create just to get it out of me and it helps me. It's like a, it's a weight room, I guess, in its own right. It's a cool gift. You're talented. I mean, looking at this stuff, you're brilliant. We'll make sure we share a ton of it. And it's really cool to be able to just recognize you have a gift and then come to the realization that you're on this planet to share that gift. And now you've got a community of people around you, supporting you to help you with the identity of this is who you are and this is your gift and you need to be sharing that. It's awesome. Where can people find you to support your art, join you on Fridays or purchase some of this really cool artwork? Uh, as of right now, I have a TikTok and Instagram. That's at Travis Rupert. You go on my Facebook. That's at the art of Travis Rupert. And then if you're in the Longmont area, you can see some art hanging up at Longmont United Hospital. Thank you, Joanne, for doing that. Um, that's pretty much it. Do you have a way that people who are not local can purchase art from you? Yes. Um, bring that up real quick. You can go to my Etsy store, which I will be load, loading more artwork okay, on. So Etsy's the best way to actually purchase it if somebody's interested. Yeah. Like I said, you can reach me at those other places too, but if you want to go to Etsy, you can, you can do that. And what's the name of your Etsy shop? Uh, it's all art for you. Just all spelled out. All art for you on Etsy. Nice. Yeah. Get prints, originals. Just contact me and get get a custom work, whatever you whatever you feel like doing. Awesome, Travis. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Thanks for sharing your work with the world and your message is inspiring. And you're doing something important. Keep doing it. Keep being happy. Keep putting a smile on people's face. It's awesome. We appreciate you. Glad we made this work. Couple, couple of bumps in the road. We got there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Thanks for spending time with us. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, boys.